Hello everyone, this is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. This is the ninth episode, the ninth episode. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I welcome, as always, Mr. Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. Now, before we get into today's episode, or this week's episode, should I say, I just want to say um, we're sending our condolences here from the Box Hard Podcast for all those affected by the events that occurred in Paris on Friday the 13th, just last week, a lot of horrible things went down. A lot of horrible things went down over there. So, um, you know, our heart goes out to to anybody affected by that, anybody whose families were over there at the time. Very, very tragic news. Um, I hope that gets sorted out as soon as possible. Okay, on a brighter note now, we're going to start the show. We're going to start the show with the first part of the show. As everybody knows, if you've listened before, this show has two parts. It has the review part and the preview part. Now, we're going to get into the review part where we review the fights, what happened last weekend. However, we did say last weekend there there wasn't much going on. So it shouldn't be too long this week for the review part, but the preview part should be quite juicy. There's a lot of stuff coming up. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you're eager to get into that side of things. As we're going to start on the Wednesday. There was a card in Australia. Anthony Mundine, who was a good fighter, he was a good fighter. He fought Charles Hatley, and Mundine was upset here. He was stopped via TKO in the 11th round. He was down numerous times during the bout, so um, he completely... I don't know, he was completely outclassed by Charles Hatley. So a win for Charles Hatley, and Mundine picks up his seventh loss now. His record now 47-7. and seven. Charles Hatley 26-1 and one with the one draw. That was just an odd card on the Wednesday. Um, there wasn't really anything on the Thursday. There was one fight I want to mention that, that occurred on the Friday. Edwin Rodriguez, who was a victim of Andre Ward, um, he was also he was fighting Michael Seals. Now Edwin Edwin Rodriguez, apologies for that. Edwin Rodriguez moved to twenty eight and one. A good win, very very good win to get. Michael Seals was unbeaten, nineteen and zero, and Edwin stopped him in the third round. That's TKO. Uh, Rodriguez was was down twice though, and Seals was down once in the second and once in the third, I believe. But um, yeah, Andre, you know, Rodriguez was knocked down twice. So it's a good win. It's a good win. It shows a lot when you get knocked down and you get up off the canvas to win the fight. Uh, that happened on the Friday. I think there was also another little card on the Friday. I'm not sure if it was Friday or Saturday now, but I just want to mention Kiko Martinez in Spain, uh, in Las Palmas. He picked up his 34th professional win. He now moves to 34 and 6. Um, no real need to mention his opponent. I don't think anyone will know him. Um, his name's Averf Brissino. He's now 35 and 13 with the two draws. I thought I'd mention him anyway. Okay, so I think that's it for the midweek sort of shows, the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday. Um, So we'll move over to Saturday now. I know there's not many places to start on Saturday, Ayaz, but is there anywhere in particular you'd want to start? In UK, didn't Nick Blackwell fight on Saturday? 
Yes, yes, of course. That was over in Bristol. Um, yeah, Nick Blackwell, he picked up a win over Jack Arnfield. It was a good fight. It was a good fight. I put my hands up and say I actually missed it. But from what I've heard, it's an absolutely cracking fight. Did you catch it at all, Ayaz, or did you miss it? I actually recorded the fight, so I'm going to watch it. But we all, everyone obviously knows about Nick Blackwell beating our very own John Ryder. Yes, 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 of course. That was um, that was a notable win for him, yeah. So um, now he's moved to 19-3 and three with the one draw. Jack Arnfield, he's now 19-2. and two. Um, Again, this was, you know, another good win for Nick Blackwell. A very, very tough man. Very, very underrated. I know he's done a lot of sparring with the likes of James DeGale, uh, you know, the likes of Billy Joe Saunders and other people like that. So, uh, yeah, another win for him. Another good win at middleweight. 12th round, uh, unanimous decision, forgot to mention. Um, also on that card, Andrew Selby. He was fighting another eight-rounder. He fought a guy called Joseph Ajtai. Now, Joseph Ajtai was 10-0, and 0, unbeaten, 10-0. and 0. Andrew Selby, of course, before this fight, he was 1-0. and 0. Well, he's now 2-0. Second round TKO victory. So Andrew Selby now two fights, two wins, both by knockout. Um, you know, the guy he was facing, again, he was unbeaten, but I didn't know much about him. Uh, but another another good win for a Selby who looks absolutely fantastic after just two fights. I saw a few people on Twitter saying he's the best fighter they've ever seen. I mean, I think it's a bit early to start shouting that one out, but nonetheless, a good win for him. Um, Young Fury was also on the card. I watched this one. Um, Young Fury, he fought a guy called Imantus Davidatis. Now, Davidatis, I'm not sure of his height, but he was very, very, very tall in there. And he looked very tall standing next to Young Fury. Young Fury's only six foot four. I know I say only six foot four, but six foot four is considered a bit small for for modern day heavyweights. But um, yeah, Huey Fury, sorry. Young Fury, he moved to six and one. It was a points win. He was struggling a lot with Devatis, Devatis to be honest. Devatis was only four wins, 12 losses and one draw. But um, it's good for Young Fury to get this, to get this win because, you know, he's sparring obviously the likes of Huey Fury, six foot six and Tyson Fury, six foot nine. He's sparring with these guys a lot. And I was a bit surprised when I saw that he couldn't really... I don't want to say couldn't deal with him because he won the fight, but he was finding it hard to get to him, which I thought was pretty surprising. But nonetheless, again, another win for Huey, uh, for Young Fury. Sorry, I keep calling him Huey Fury. It's because Huey Fury's on the show a little bit later on. Um, yeah, so Young Fury picks up another win. Again, he's very inexperienced. He's only had the seven fights professionally now. Moving over to Huey Fury's fight. Now, I'm not going to get too much into this because, as I said, a little bit later, Huey will be joining us on the show um, he moved to 17 and 0, though, with a win over Emilio Ezekiel Zarate. Huey Fury now 17 and 0. Zarate went into this fight with a record of 18 wins, 14 losses, and three draws. It's now 18 wins, 15 losses, and three draws. Huey Fury looked absolutely brilliant in there, to be honest. I don't know if you saw that one, Ayaz, or if you've recorded it or whatever, but. He got the knockout in the second round and he just looked absolutely brilliant. And, you know, it was surprising how good he looked. I know that this opponent's, you know, not very credible. I understand that. But Hugh Fury's fighting in two weeks' time, as I understand, on the undercard of, you know, Tyson Fury, Vladimir Klitschko. So it was surprising because we're going to see him in two fights in two weeks. And he's got a decent opponent. 
I, I believe, for that fight. So it was good to see him out just two weeks before the big fight. Um, you've got to see that one, Eyes, if you haven't seen it. Did you Have you seen it or you taped that one? I've actually taped that one and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to Huey Fury. In my opinion, I reckon he's a huge prospect for the future. That's yeah, what is. I think of him. He is, he is. He's, he's brilliant. I'm not sure if you're going to be there um, in the show when we when we interview him. I know you've got a few things to do, but if you're not on, you know, I'll be asking him all sorts of questions. Um, moving over to Las Vegas now, there was a card over there. There's one fight I wanted to mention. Bermain Stavern, he returned to the ring. He faced Derek Rossi. Bermain Stavern, 24-2-1 draw. Derek Rossi, 30-10. Now, this was obviously in the heavyweight division. It was scheduled for 10 rounds. Stavern picked up the win unanimously after 10 rounds. But I'll tell you something, Ayaz. Did you know that Stavern was knocked down in the first round? No, I didn't actually know about that. I tell you what, you've got to watch it. Um, I don't think he impressed as much as, as, as we expected him to. I don't know what he's got left. I know he's pretty old now. Um, I couldn't tell you his age off the, off the, off the top of my head, but... Not very impressive by Stavern. Not very impressive. Remember, when he was a WBC champ, a lot of people saw him as a legitimate, legitimate fighter, even though I don't think he had many notable wins. Obviously, he beat Chris Ariola, But again, Chris Ariola, look at what he's done lately. You know what I mean? He's, he hasn't looked too great in any, in any kind of fight that he's been in. Um, you know, so, yes, Stavern's come back and after losing to Deontay Wilder, of course. And he, he should have put Derek Rossi away, to be totally honest with you. Derek Rossi, you know, he's got 10 losses. He's got, you know, 30 wins, fair enough. But the 10 losses, I really think he should have been better there. What do you think Stavern's future holds now, now, Ayaz? I reckon he's got a couple of fights left in him, in my opinion. I reckon we should give, you know, I know people might disagree or agree with me, but I reckon I would like to see a fight. Huey Fury fight him, but main Stavern. Yeah, that'd be good. That would be good. It would be good for the clash of styles. But I mean, we're talking about Derek Rossi here. And Derek Rossi, before this fight, his last six fights, he'd lost four of them, right? So, you know, I can't believe he put him down in the first round. You know, that's 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 a bit embarrassing for someone of, of Stavern's calibre, you know. The guy has lost four in the last six. And I'll tell you the type of people he's lost to. He's got Now he's got 11, 11 losses um, with five of those losses coming by way of TKO. But remember, we're going to talk before the Stavern fight. So he went into the Stavern fight with 10 losses, five by knockout. So half the people he loses to knock him out. Now he's got losses to some a guy called Trevor Bryan. I've never heard of him. He's lost to him in his last fight before Stavern. Before that, he got a win. Before that, he lost to... Uh, Glaskov, which, you know, that's a credible opponent, fair enough. He beat Joe Hanks. He lost before that to Joey DeWaco. Now, Joey DeWaco beat him on split decision after only eight rounds, but Joey DeWaco's got a record of eight and three. You know, Freza Quindo beat, beat this guy. And do you know what? I'll tell you another thing. Derek Rossi, remember, I just want you to remember this. Stavern couldn't get Derek Rossi out of there, couldn't knock him down. Fair enough, he won He won on, on the cards, on all three cards, but he was very, very close, okay? The cards was 93-96. Well, I'll do it in, in order of, of, of Stavern. So Stavern was giving it on one card, 96-93, another card, 96-93, and another card, 95-94. So it was razor, razor thin. He only got it by one or two points. And um, 
you know, that's literally a round. And remember, he was knocked down in the first round. I don't want to bang on about this too much, but Derek Rossi, who is now 35 years of age, he lost to Bermain Stavern. Fair enough. But do you remember back in Prize Fighter, if your memory's good, Audley Harrison knocked Derek Rossi out in the second round of a three round Prize Fighter contest. And that was two years ago. That was two and a half years ago. Now, you know, if if this guy is getting knocked out by Audley Harrison in the second round, and, and Stiverne, the WBC bloody number one contender for a little while, can't get him out of there or even knock him down in 10 rounds. And not only that, but gets knocked down himself. When you, when you look at the stats, I mean, you look at the facts and the stats and people, you know, there's a lot of boxing fans. They look at it and go, oh, he's got 10 losses. But it depends on who the guy's lost to. I'm not, you know, I'm a fan of Audley Harrison. I liked Audley Harrison, but I'm not going to sit here and start saying he's a world beater. And that's just it. I'm being honest. If you've lost to Audley Harrison and then you you manage to fight an ex-world champion, to put him down is a very big achievement. So Derek Rossi, really, I think he probably should have won that fight. But anyways, um, yeah, that's it. Sorry for the little rant at the end there. We're going to bring on our first guest, massive prospect for the future in the heavyweight division. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Huey Fury. Huey, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, pal. How are you? Very good, very good. It's weird. It's going to be the first time we're speaking professionally. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you fought last night. Thank you for coming on the show at um, such a you know short time after your fight. How did you yeah. how did you find it in there, Huey? Because I'll be honest with you, you was you was fighting as if you was Muhammad Ali last night. You looked brilliant in there. To be honest with you, I just felt so relaxed and calm. It just didn't bother me the occasion. It just uh, it was just like second nature to me. I just felt really comfortable in there and it just felt really good. Uh, I put on well, about 16 and a half stone now, so from the last time I boxed, I was 15 stone four, so was, uh, that's the best I've ever felt in this house. So uh, I'm coming along nicely now. And because um, obviously last year you was kept out a lot, you was inactive with your with the illness you picked up. Are you now back to 100% fitness, Huey? Yeah, I'm back to 100% now. I've had a lot of the allergy problems with foods and that. Now I've got everything controlled now uh, because I can't even eat beef, anything dairy, nothing wheat, can't eat eggs, I can't eat tuna. It's literally hard work, but I'm finally over it. That's great to hear. Um, did you have to be a little bit careful? Was you a little bit worried perhaps that anything was to happen? For instance, you're picking up an injury last night. It could have jeopardized your fight in two weeks' time on the undercard of uh, Fury Klitschko. No, I wasn't worried at all. At the end of the day, I, was, uh, I really wanted this fight and I knew I'd um, do a job. Okay. Easy enough. And, and the, fight, the fight that you're supposed to be having against Nikolai Furfa. Um, is that been confirmed? Uh, I'm not too sure if it's confirmed, but I think I'm definitely fighting, yes. Okay, fair enough. Um, I wanted to get your opinion because Tyson's made a bit of a deal out of Richard Towers helping out for Klitschko, uh, helping him prepare for Tyson Fury. What's your views on that situation, Huey? Um, I'm not too sure on that situation, but I remember... Uh, me dad asking Richard Towers when I was over in France for some spar and he was over there too and 
for some reason he never got back to us. So uh, they obviously uh, one-sided. They obviously don't want their uh, English to do well. So I'll leave them to it. Opinions. I want to keep my opinions to myself there. <laughs> Fair enough. That's 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 just fine. Um, a lot of people are unsure of, you know, the sort of sparring you've done. I mean, you fought, you've sparred all over the world. What are some of the names, some of the biggest names that you've sparred aside from, obviously, you you know, your family, the, the other Furies. What other guys have you sparred with, Huey? Um, I've sparred with everyone on Titans. Can't this? I've sparred with Eddie Chambers. I've sparred with Steve Cunningham. Basically, you have a Tyson spot, I spot. Where do you see Chisora's future lying? What? Dave Chisora's uh, future? Yeah, where do you see him going from that crushing defeat to your cousin Tyson? Um, I think uh, Dave Chisora's uh, finished now, really. you would probably have a few coming fights, but I think Tyson's mentally uh, broken Dave Chisora. And so... Um, I can't really see Derek Zora moving any more forward, to be honest with you. Fair point. Who's, who's he fighting next? Is he fighting uh, that uh, Pepper, is it? I haven't heard, to be totally honest with you, uh, Huey, to be honest. But that, that fight, that Chisora fight, would you welcome that fight? Um, listen, I told you a million times, just tell everyone. I leave all the matchmaking up to me. Dad, I just jump in the ring and do the business. And that's it. Okay, and now uh, if I sorry, go on. So it doesn't matter whether you jump in the ring with me, I'd do my job, so I'm not bothered bring them all. And I wanted to get a few predictions for upcoming fights. Um, you know, obviously the Fury Klitschko. I know you're gonna back your your cousin, but can we hear the reasons why you think he's gonna win that fight? Because listen, Tyson uh Klitschko is every he likes to control things. I've been to his training camp. When he was when he was preparing for um, Chisora, yeah, he was there all the way to that fight, all the way in his training camp. I was only about sixteen at the time, and he wasn't getting his own way in sparring, like uh, with the short guys, and he wasn't performing good. And um, anyway, nothing was wrong with him. And as soon as we left, like. Uh, well, five days before the fight was going to happen, because he was going to take a coach or fly over, uh, he he ended up with a back injury and pulled out of that fight. So there's, uh, he likes to be he likes to be fully in control there, Klitschko. And with Tyson, Tyson's very unpredictable. He doesn't know what's coming and going. That's why he's uh, he's cancelled this fight once and pulled it back. So. Uh, I think Tyson's got the uh, edge over him and Tyson is very unpredictable and I know what Tyson's capable of doing and if Tyson shows up Tyson's going to be the new champion of of the world and he's going to do it in style and you never know Tyson's very good with tall fighters this could be one of his easiest fights Okay, fair point and um, you don't have to comment on it if you don't want to but what you, what's your thoughts on the injury? Do you reckon it was a genuine injury? Um, I'm not really uh, too sure of the injury. What did he have? He had something wrong with his leg, was it? Yeah, um, he, he picked up a calf injury. I, I saw an interview where Johnny Nelson um, 
I think it was with IFL TV, he said that he had the, sim- the, same, the exact same injury that Klitschko claimed to have had. And I think he said that he couldn't even walk for about three or four weeks. So he was baffled as, as to how Klitschko was able to actually pencil in a rescheduled date and be, you know, uh, absolutely 100% yeah. that he'd make that date. Yeah, that was just a lot of rubbish. That is, um, he just he pulled he pulled out as well as soon as Tyson said he was going to pull out as well. So, um, yeah, I reckon that was part of um, a lot of false information. That was Shagayev has been ordered to fight Lucas Brown for his title. Um, what's your thoughts on that fight, Huey? Who do you think is going to win in that fight? We will fight uh, Lucas Brown. They both got power. I reckon. Um, Again, Lucas Brown has a very good chance of winning winning that fight. I wish him all the best with it. But again, Shaggy F is very experienced, so it's going to be a very edgy uh, fight. But I'm going to call that a 50-50, to be honest with you, if you go either way. It's a, how bad the Lucas wants it. Okay. And, so um, I, imagine, I imagine more more towards Shaggy F, Shaggy F on that one. Okay, that's that's interesting. The future in the, in the future, hopefully, I mean, there's there's been talks about it. Povetkin to face to face Wilder for his WBC strap. How do you see that one going down, Huey? Ooh, I see Wilder coming a bit unstuck. To be honest with you, with uh, Povetkin, I do too. But, to be honest, yeah, I do, but I could be wrong. But uh, that's how I see it. And the big clash on December twelfth, uh, Joshua Dillian White. I know you, you know, you're sort of mentioned amongst these guys as the young British talent, the uh, the prospects for the future in your division. How do you see that one going? Mm, that one, I'll tell you something. That is one hard one to pick because we both fought each other in the amateurs. That don't mean no, nothing, but the um, both got tremendous power. To me, she runs first. <laughs> Whoever runs first is on the back. So, uh, again, that is definitely a, a 50-50 fight. Okay. And moving over, I'm going to go down to middleweight now. Uh, there's a big fight. Andy Lee against Billy Joe Saunders. How do you see this one going? That's another. That's a very good fight, uh, Andy Lee. I see that it's going to be... Depends, because they're both boxers, ain't they? So that might be a bit of a uh, a bit of a boxing match. I can't really see it being super exciting. To be honest with you, how do you see that one going? Um, I think if it goes to points, I think you've got to give it to to Billy Joe. I think he he's got the potential to outbox yeah, Lee. I think, I think yeah, like you say, he's got the more power, hasn't he? Um, Lee. Andy Lee. Yeah, if Lee hits you clean, that's it, you're gone. So uh, it would be intriguing. He's done it to everyone in his fight, hasn't he? He starts losing by points and then comes out of nowhere with a right hook or a right hand and then he's knocked the spark out. That's it, that's it. Devastating power. Okay, Huey, um, thank you for giving me your predictions. Thank you for talking to me. Um, Good luck. You know, I hope that you do get on that card. I know that nothing's confirmed at the minute, but I hope you do get on that card in two weeks' time. And I hope that both Don't worry, I'll be definitely on it. Fantastic. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I hope that both of you get your wins and uh, you come back as, you know, you come back with a world champion. I think definitely, hopefully you will. Um, hope to God we will. It's all in uh, God's hands, so we should be 
in their victory. So hopefully. But anyway, it's a pleasure to be on the show. But thank you very much, uh, Joey. No problem, Huey. Been a pleasure talking to you, mate. Take good care and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, you too, sir. God bless. God bless. Okay, so we're going to get into the second part of the show now. We're going to start with a couple of midweek fights. There's a card down in the Prince Regent Hotel, Chigwell, Essex. Boy Jones is on the card. He's in his sixth professional fight. However, his opponent is yet to be announced. Um, Down in Panama, Guillermo Jones is fighting Daniel, Daniel Cotter. Guillermo Jones now 39 and 3 with the two draws. Daniel Cotter 17 and 5 with one draw. Jones has been out the ring for two and a half years, so it'll be interesting to see what he's got left in him. A lot of ring rust there that he would have picked up. Um, that's it for Panama. We're going to move over to uh, the big show in the UK. Jazza Dickens, he fights Martin Wald. That's going to be a really good fight. Uh, the British super bantamweight titles on the line there. That would be really good. Um, I think that's on the Friday, that one. There's also a fight uh, on the Friday, Diego De La Hoya. I believe that's the cousin of Oscar De La Hoya. He's fighting Giovanni Delgado. Diego De La Hoya, who's got a lot of power. I don't know if anybody's seen him. He's got a lot of power. He's only an eight-rounder, but he looks to move to 13-0. and 0. Giovanni Delgado's 15-3, and 3, so a decent opponent in his own right. Jason Quigley's also on that card. He's 8-0 at the moment. He's looking to move to 9-0. His opponent has not been announced yet, but that's only a six-rounder middleweight division. Um... Sol Rodriguez is also fighting. He's 18-0 and 0 with the one draw. He's fighting Ivan Najera. Ivan Najera is 16-1. and 1. That's over in Las Vegas, Nevada, I must add. That's not on the same card as the Quigley fight or the other one. Um, that's the only fight to mention there. Now, those are the, the fights that are on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. We're going to move now to Saturday, Saturday the 21st of November. A lot of big cards on this night. Now, we're going to start in France. There's a little card over there. Hassan and Dam, he looks to come back to the ring. He fights Avtendil Kurtzidze. Now, Kurtzidze is 31-2, and and Hassan and Dam is 31-2. and So it should be a good contest there. It's over 12 rounds in the middleweight division. I think Hassan and Dam will probably get that, get that win. Um, over in Germany now. I don't know how much of a card they've got. I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but there's only been two fights announced on that bill, and it's it's only you know it's only on Saturday, so not much time. So I'm not sure what's going on. But top of the bill, Arthur Abraham, 43 and four. He fights our very own Martin Murray, 32 and two with the one draw. That's for Arthur Abraham's WBO World Super Middleweight Title. How do you see that fight going, Ayaz? Uh, in my opinion, that's a very good fight. Martin Murray beats Arthur Abraham. Obviously, we've seen Arthur Abraham fighting Paul Smith Jr. and beating him twice. But in my opinion, this is a very tough fight, even if you're fighting in Germany as well. So, in my opinion, it's a 50-50 fight. It's a good fight because a lot of people think that... A lot of people describe that Arthur Abraham is a bit shot. He hasn't got much left. He's not the, you know, the fighter he was down at middleweight. You know, this is at super middleweight. Martin Murray, remember, he hasn't had many fights at super middleweight either. You know, he's moved up a couple of fights ago. This is his first proper test because I think he's probably, you know, try and think of a more unlucky fighter. I mean, I'm talking about 
I'm not talking about personal stuff like, you know, fighters get in the ring and then they get put into a coma. Fighters get in the ring and then, you know, they can never box again. Very sad stories. You know, boxing's full of stuff like that. But I mean, just for being on the wrong end of decisions, unfairly, Martin Murray, when he fought Sergio Martinez, Martin Murray, well, you can't really argue with the Golovkin, the Golovkin um, fight. And he got the draw. Who else did he? He fought some Felix Sturm as well. That was that was a fight. I think he should have won. He's been he's been you know he's had it hard on the cards to be honest. And he's fighting again away yet again. Arthur Abraham's backyard. Arthur Abraham has looked good against Paul Smith, but you know Martin Murray doesn't fight in the same way as Paul Smith. So it should be really interesting. I really hope Martin can do it because he really deserves to be a world champion. I think he's a top fighter, and again he's underrated. When people talk about the top boys in in the super middleweight division, even last week I didn't mention him. I said, oh, we've got a lot of boys in the in the in that division. We got Carl Froch, we got James Tegel, we got George Groves. You never think of Martin Murray who arguably could be one of the best. I'm not saying he beat any of those. I'm just saying he's definitely in the same in the same sentence. He definitely should be mentioned along with those guys. We, we're rooting for you, Martin. We hope you can pull it off. Also, big card in Manchester. Dales Perez comes back over to face Anthony Crawler. This is for Dales Perez's WBA World Lightweight title. Again, Crawler comes so close last time out. I thought I thought he was going to win that fight. I, I had him winning at the end of the fight, but Perez retained his title. His record's 32 wins, one draw, one loss. Um, Anthony Crawler, 29 wins, four losses, and the three draws. How do you see that one going, Ayers? Do you reckon Anthony Crawler can perform to the same standards as he did? Do you reckon he fought out of his skin that night and perhaps he can't do the same things again? I know that Perez has said that he's come over here to knock him out. How do you see that fight going? In my opinion, this is another 50-50 fight. Because this, this time, Perez is going to come as a different fighter. Obviously, the last fight that we saw, in my opinion, I thought was where Crawler won the fight. Crawler said that he wants to knock him out. Perez said he wants to knock him out. It's a 50-50 fight. May the best man win. That's all I can say. Yeah, well, hopefully... Crawler will be the best man on the night because he's a very, very nice guy, a true nice guy in boxing. Also down that card, Tyrone Nurse, he fights Chris Jenkins. Tyrone Nurse, 31-2 and with the one draw. Chris Jenkins, 16-0 and with the one draw. Hosea Burton's also on the card. He fights Tony Hill. They're fighting for the vacant WBA Continental light heavyweight title. Ryan Burnett's on the on the bill. He's a big prospect. Let's just leave it at that. Adam Booth said something along the lines of he is the best talent he's come across. So that's a lot of stuff. And we all know that what Adam Booth says is, you know, he's credible. He knows his stuff. He's one of the best trainers in England. Uh, and if not the world, to be honest. So Ryan Burnett, he fights Jason Booth. Ryan Burnett is 11-0 and 0 at the moment. Jason Booth's 38-13. and 13. That's for the vacant British bantamweight title. Oh, I didn't realise. Brian Rose is also on the card. He's fighting Ruben Varon. Brian Rose, 27 and 3 with the one draw. Ruben Varon, 43 and 8. So, very, very experienced. 51 fights in total for Varon. Just, just over half of that for Brian Rose. So, that should be a test for Brian Rose. It's only an eight rounder. Charlie Edwards is also on the card. He defends his English flyweight title that he won off of Louis Norman. 
Charlie Edwards looks to move to 6-0. and oh. He's fighting Phil Smith, who has a record of 6-1. and one. That should be a good fight. There's also a fight on the bill. Isaac Lowe fights Ryan Doyle. Both of these guys have got 11 wins each. That's also for the English featherweight title, that one. Stuart Hall, ex-world champion. He's also on the bill. 18-4 and four with two draws. His record, he fights a guy called Elvis Gwillen. Elvis Gwillen with nine wins, 16 losses and four draws. So, uh, yeah, that should be quite an easy win for Stuart Hall, to be honest. But it's only a six-rounder. Now, moving over to the big one. In Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino, Las Vegas, USA. Ayaz, I'll let you start. Miguel Cotto, Sol Canelo Alvarez, talk to me. Oh, what a fight this is going to be. This is one fight I've been actually looking forward to since it's been announced. I I cannot wait to see this fight. The person I I, I would love Miguel Cotto to win this fight because I actually think he's a legend, you know but then on the other hand, you got the pound for pound next boxing star, Canelo Alvarez, who's roughly, how old is he? 23 years old? 23, 24, yes. Yes. And he he is actually the future of boxing. But, wow, what, this Saturday is going to be a huge fight. I just cannot wait to see who wins. But in my opinion, I would love Miguel Cotto to win. Mentioning their records, Miguel Cotto, 40 wins and four losses. Canelo Alvarez, 45 wins, one loss, one draw. Obviously, that one loss coming to Mayweather. Both these guys have lost to Floyd Mayweather. Um, It's for the WBC World Middleweight title, which is the 160-pound crown, the WBC, um, which, you know, at the moment is owned by Miguel Cotto. The fight is being made at a catchweight of 155 pounds. Now, Miguel Cotto, who won this belt, which is a 160 belt, he's fighting Alvarez, who's a 154 fighter, but he's been made at a catch weight. What do you think of that, Ayers? Do you think that's a bit wrong? Because remember, these two divisions are six pounds apart. There's a 154-pound division and a 160-pound division. It's six pounds between them. Now, why are they contesting for the 160 title at the catch weight of 155, which is just one pound above the 154 title. Do you think it's a bit wrong? Because in my opinion, if I could bring a rule into boxing, it would be that if you're fighting for a world title, you've got to fight on the weight of what that world title is for. You can't win a title and then, you know, make a catch weight below the weight. Do you know what I mean? I think that's wrong. What's your opinion on that? I agree with you, Joey. If you're if you're a middleweight, right, and they're fighting for the middleweight, isn't that correct, right? Yes. You yeah. should fight at that weight. You don't lower, it, don't go lower your like drain your body down and fight at one fifty five. I can't wait, catch weight. Is wasn't there a rumor that Golovkin that they were meant to fight at like one fifty seven? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't have a problem with catch weights if there's no titles involved. I think that's fair enough. If if some people, for example, Golovkin is he's, he's you know he's a natural one sixty fighter. If he has to lose three pounds to go down to 157 and he's fighting, let's say, I don't know, Canelo. If, it, if, if the fight tomorrow was Golovkin-Canelo, none of them, I was going to say none of them's got world titles. What am I talking about? If two guys fight at a catch weight, if they're not for world titles, then I understand. That's okay. You know, if it's for a title, it should be done bang on the title weight. I think that's the case. I don't think two guys from separate divisions should be able to unify titles either, to be totally honest. I'm not sure about that one. I'd have to give that more thought. But I think if you are 
you know, a middleweight, you shouldn't be able to lose weight and go down to a division, which is only one pound higher than the division underneath it. That's crazy, in my opinion. I mean, again, like I was get back onto my point. I don't know if a guy was at 160 who had no titles and he was at 160, was comfortable at 160. Then there's a guy who's very comfortable at 154 and he's got no titles either. Fine. Meet at, meet at 157. Fine. Both lose a little bit of weight, come out of your comfort zones, three pounds each. One of you's got to put on three pounds. One of you's got to lose three pounds. That's fair enough. Fair, you know, that's fine. But it shouldn't be for it shouldn't be for people who's got titles. If you want it at that weight, you should keep it at that weight. And you know, that's that's where it should be because you know I think it's wrong in my opinion. But I don't want to bash on too much about it. So you're rooting for Miguel Cotto. You want him to win. Do you also think he's going to win, or do you just want him to win, Ayaz? I want him to win, but in my opinion, I've got a feeling Canelo's going to win this fight because of his age. Yeah, I did a little accumulator bet uh, back, back a few weeks back now. I'm not going to say some of the other fights I mentioned, but it was basically I had to pick four or five um, people in their respective fights who would win by knockout. I picked Golovkin to knock Lemieux out. I got that one right. I picked Golovkin to knock Cotto out and I think that's going to happen if I'm honest that's why I did it I've got two more fights or three more fights but I'm not going to mention those um, at the moment moving down that card Randy Caballero he's on the card he defends his IBF world bantamweight title against Lee Haskins our very own Bristol boy Lee Haskins we all hope Lee Haskins can do this you know and do, do the business and get this victory don't we I as I want Lee Haskins to win. This is his first time as well in fighting Mandela Bay in a, such a big card. Yeah, you know, he's he's done it the hard way, Lee Haskins. He's underrated. There's other people that he's beat, you know, that he hasn't really got the credit for. He's beat a lot of fighters. You know, he's beat Jamie McDonald. Jamie McDonald went on to be, you know, a world titleist. He's, beat, he's beaten Stewie Hall. Stewie Hall went on to be a world titleist. He's beaten a lot of guys that are, you know, that have gone on to world titles. So hopefully he can go on to the world title himself. We just want the Brits to do well on this show and we hope he does it. Randy Caballero, though, very good boxer, you know, in his own right. Undefeated as well, whereas Lee Haskins has got three losses. Lee Haskins record 32 wins, three losses. Uh, Randy Caballero is 22-0. and 0, So it's a tough ask and it's away from home. But, you know, if he shows up, I'm sure he'll do it. Also, Rigondo is on the bill. He's back in the ring. He's fighting Drian Francisco. Rigondo, you know, widely regarded as the pound for pound number one. He's 15 and 0 at the moment. He fights Drian Francisco 28 and 3 with the one draw. Should be an easy win for Rigondo, Ayaz. But remember, Rigondo's last fight, he didn't look too impressive in whatsoever. But he should, he should get the win here, surely. He should. It, it, hasn't it been said that? Eddie Hearn, or was it Barry McGregor, or both of them said, the winner between Quig Frampton fights Rigondo. Well, I haven't seen that, but that would be wicked, because we'd really find out who's the number one guy in the division. I know a lot of people, you know, they say it's Rigondo, but you just don't know. Anything can happen in boxing. Anything can happen in boxing. It's the most unpredictable sport in the whole world. Yes, it is. Anything can happen. But if that fight happens, I just see Rigondo beating them. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Well, before we start getting into the conversation about fights that may or may not happen, because we could be here all day, it's time for our second guest on this week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Austin No Doubt Trout. Welcome to the show, Austin. 
in your last four fights, you've had three stoppages, Austin. And I was looking at the sort of weights that you come in at. Early on in your career, there was a few times where you came in um, over the 160 limit. And I noticed that mm-hmm. you've come in over 160 on six occasions. And all six occasions, you've won by knockout. Fair enough, you haven't been in there with the type of uh, you know opponents that you've that you fought on the biggest stage. Would you not consider going up to 160? Um, so, you know, I'm still right around the junior middleweight um, weight, and, and I really want to clean up that division before I do go to middleweight. But if, if my body won't allow me to make junior middleweight, then I'll go to the next fight if possible, if, if need be. But I, I think I can still make junior middle, you know, not easy, but I feel myself where I still feel strong. Yes, yeah, so I need to ask you again about, um, you know, your thoughts on the Canelo Cotto fight. We've obviously you faced them both. How do you see that one going, Austin? Uh, well, first it's going to be a good fight. Um, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for Cotto. You know, obviously it'd be better for my career if he won. Um, so I'm definitely rooting for him. But I believe Canelo has, you know, all the physical advantages as, as far as size and strength in youth goes. So, um, I'm going. I think Canelo's going to win the fight. I'm pushing for Cotto. You know, I'm even going to put some money on Cotto, depending on what the odds are. And uh, you know, um, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a good fight, regardless of what does happen. Okay. And um, obviously, you've been in there with a lot of opponents now. A lot of you know, number one contenders, number two contenders. What's your toughest fight to date, Austin? Uh, yeah, it had to be the Lara fight. You know, I wasn't able to figure him out. He really was in my head. Um, and then, of course, his, his speed and his accuracy was, was hard to deal with, which was all set up by his footwork. Yeah, a lot of it was definitely the hardest, hardest fight. Okay. And um, what's your sort of top three in your division at the moment, taking yourself out of that equation, just like the top three, uh, top three, top four, top five people in the 154 division? Um, my top five, aside from me, from me would be uh, Laura, Canelo, Andrade, and the Charlotte Twins. In in no particular order. Um, Laura definitely being number one, and then you know the rest know what particular order. And I just wanted to get. Oh, I also wanted to let you know that tomorrow it is your eight year anniversary for your twelfth fight. Uh, your twelfth fight was eight years ago tomorrow, where you got a, you got a, you got a TKO in the first round. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and also I wanted to say um, a couple of other fights are coming up. A couple of fights are coming up, and there's also uh, a few potential fights that could be made in the near future. I'm going to start with the potential fight. If Ward was to fight Golovkin, how do you see that one going down, Austin? Uh, definitely Ward. I think Ward is. The- He's big, strong, fast, smart. He's a total package. In my opinion, you know, now Floyd is gone. He's the number one pound for pound, you know, in my book. If he can stay healthy, you know, I know he's playing with injuries, so it's kind of messing him up. But um, Warden will, will box circles around him. And, you know, depending on how good Triple G's chin is, he could possibly stop him. Wow, that's a big statement. Um yeah. Also, there's a potential fight coming up. I just want to get your opinion on Kel Brook. He's made a bit of a name for himself over there now, obviously, for beating yeah. Sean Porter. How do you see 
What do you think of Kell Brook, and how do you see a fight going if he fought Amir Khan? I mean, I like watching Kell Brook. He's very um, technical, precise, but fan-friendly. Um, definitely like watching him. Him and Amir would be a good fight because it's really a professional against amateur. Um, Amir Khan still having an amateur style. Kell Brook really having a great professional style. I, I, I can't really see how that would swing. I would love for, to, to be a spectator of that one, though. Okay. And um, there's also a fight coming up as well. There's a guy, an Irish guy, who's been fighting on a few PBC cards. Um, are you familiar with Spike O'Sullivan? No, to be honest, I am not. I'm that's, sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, no, he's basically got a tough fight coming up against Chris Eubank Jr. Have you seen anything of Chris Eubank Jr.? I've seen Chris Eubank, definitely, yeah. I've seen him fight. Yeah. Um, Seeing, I'm very impressed with him. I know he's got shoes to fill with his father, but I mean, the kid is good. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you don't know enough about his opponent, then that's absolutely fine. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, the last question before I pass you over to my partner. Um, I believe that your favorite fighter from Britain in history is Joe Calzaghi. What is your... Man. What is your current best fighter, um, you know, from Britain? I know we've got people like James DeGale, people like Carl Frampton, all these types of guys. Who do you think number one right now, in your opinion? Um, I, I'm going to rock with my man, Anthony Joshua. I think he's really the one to bring back the heavyweight division. You know, among among other heavyweights like, like uh, Deontay Wilder, you know, he has a career with him really put excitement in it. But Joshua, I'm excited to see where his career goes. Yeah. He's got a massive fight coming up. I don't know if you're aware, but he's got a massive fight coming up on the 12th of December. He's fighting mm -hmm. a guy called, are you familiar with a guy called Dillian White? I, man, the name's not familiar. I'm not going to look it up. No, that, that's, that's fine. Basically, Dillian White um, defeated Anthony Joshua when they was amateurs. Dillian White. Oh. He frequently goes out to help Klitschko prepare for his opponents. For example, Klitschko's fighting Tyson Fury in two weeks' time. Yeah. Uh, sorry, in one week's time. Yeah, two weeks' time, one week's time, whatever. He's out there. Um, you know, he's, he's also being trained by Jonathan Banks. So oh, um, okay. this should be a really good fight. So that's on December the 12th. Yeah. So if you can if you can get that somewhere, I think it'll be getting shown somewhere on, on US TV. That'd be a cracking fight. So, uh, yeah, make sure you give that one a watch. Also, um, yeah, I'll pass you over to my partner now, Austin. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I ask if you bring man. yourself in. Hello, Austin. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm very good as well today. Austin, Peter Quillen and Daniel Jacobs fight on the 12th of December... Um, can you can you tell me who wins the fight and why? Oh, listen, it's a sticky situation for me because they're both my friends. They're both very good fighters, and 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 they both have their own advantages, you know, which which could implement a victory for each. For example, Quillen has a massive strength in both hands. Um, he has that quick right hand. He has good speed, but he does have a bit of a, a I, I think. Um, win problems, you know, gas is on the end of the fight. Then Jacobs has more skill, you know, where he can put more uh, combinations together, slip punches and things like that. But he doesn't have as much power as Quinn. Although Danny can still punch. Um, I'm going to stay neutral seeing they're both my friends and, and, and I'm going to really, uh, I don't have to explain anything to anybody. So I'm going to stay neutral on this one and, and prepare for a great fight in that one. 
When can we hear an announcement from you and who would you like to fight next? Well, yeah, I'm hoping to get a announcement soon. I would love to, I would love to fight Liam Smith for his WBO title. That's uh ever since, you know, they overstepped me for the for him to, to win it. That's what I've been eyeing and, and I'm hoping to make that happen in the short future. Uh, what you call it? Ad, uh, Andy Lee is fighting Billy Joe Saunders in December. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me who wins that fight and why also? I, I'm going to go with my man Andy Lee. I'm rocking with him. I hope he, you know, a win over Saunders will definitely give him, it'll give him the victory that and the respect of the champion that he, he deserves. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Austin. I'll pass you over to Joey. Mm-hmm. Okay, Austin, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I'm sorry for the technical issues that we had earlier on. <laughs> but all right, man. Thank you very much for coming on the show. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure, like I say, to have a ex-world champion and future world yeah, champion. Future. Yeah, Don't man, worry, I had it. it. Don't <laughs> worry, I got it. <laughs> okay, yeah, my man. Got it. Take good care. I wish you good health and we'll speak soon. Oh, you, man. Okay, it's time to conclude the ninth episode of the Box Hard podcast. Shout out to you if you listened right up until the end. I just want to point out that we aim every week to get one guest on our show. Due to failing to do so last week, we had to make up to you by bringing two guests on this week in Austin Trout and Huey Fury. Don't worry, people, we've got your backs. Um, Please retweet, follow, like, comment, share, repost. Join us next week. Now, from myself and Ayaz on the only British podcast that brings this many international boxing stars to your ears. Take care and see you next week.